Well, good morning. Pick up the revelation where we left off. And one thing I want to make mention of, we looked at verses 9 through 21 last week, looking at what the merchants sold and what happened with the economy. There is a verse in there that I didn't deliberately leave out, but I want to mention this. It talked about slavery, how they exchanged the lives, literally in the Greek, the souls of men. Um, some weeks ago, my wife and I and my daughter Allison went to go see The Sound of Freedom. It's about human trafficking. And the stats they put up at the end of the movie were somewhat, well, I'll say the word tragic. There are more people in slavery today than there ever was when slavery was legal. And over half of them, I believe 8% of them, are children. And the number one consumer of sexual explicit pictures and pornography of children is the United States of America. Just put that back in your mind. As I thought about how to introduce this next group of verses, it was somewhat difficult, so bear with me. Because at first it's going to sound like I'm talking about something that has nothing to do with the passage, but hopefully at the end we'll understand what I'm trying to do. There was an earthquake, the deadliest earthquake in the United States actually, was a 1906 quake in San Francisco. It registered 7.9 on Richter scale. And it took place on Wednesday, April the 18th, at 5.12 at a.m. It was described as a noise like the roar of 10,000 lions. Cable cars stopped abruptly, and of course, City Hall came tumbling down. It could be felt from southern Oregon to L.A., and as far as inland to Nevada. More than 3,000 people lost their lives. The quake was followed by a massive fire that swept from the business section near Montgomery Street and the south of the Market District towards Russian Hill, Chinatown, North Beach, and Telegraph Hill. That blaze continued for four days until it was finally extinguished by rain. More than 500 blocks in the city center, covering four square miles, was leveled. And the inferno destroyed some 28,000 buildings. Now, one note I want to make. Generally speaking, earthquakes last for just seconds. Aftershocks can be felt hours and days after. So this damage, the earthquake itself and then the fire, was all caused by the earthquake that just lasts seconds. Now let's go up in time. There was something happened in 1929, perhaps you heard about it, the stock market crash that happened on Tuesday, October 29th. And there you see a picture of a guy asking for $100 for that car, but you must have cash because he lost everything on Wall Street. Now, $100 back in 1929 was a lot of money. 
Now, interesting enough, the stock market continued to decline for the next three years. It lost 90% of value from October 29 until July 1932, and that resulted in the Great Depression, which lasted from 1929 to 1939. Now, keep what all I said in your mind as we look at the text. There's other events we could go to, I could point to, but I want you to keep in mind how quick and how devastating these two events in history happened. With that said, look at verse 21 of our text. It says, A strong or a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone or a large millstone. Now, a millstone is used to grain, uh, excuse me, grind grain. And when it's used, there are two stones. There is the bedstone or the base, which remains stationary, and a runner stone, which turns on the top of the base that grinds the grain. Now, in biblical times, this is very common for people to have. It came in various sizes. It could be small enough where someone can actually turn the grindstone by themselves. It get very numerous where it required oxen or donkeys to pull it. Uh, they could get so large that they could, wear up, they could weigh up to 3,300 pounds. 3,300 pounds. That's how big they could get. Now, with that in mind, we are told that the angel is strong, or he's mighty, that he's able to pick up a large or a great millstone. And that word strong, now bear with me while I try to pronounce this in Greek, eskeros, means powerful. Having enough or having enough strength or power greater than the average or expected. Now here's one that should be easy. You should know this Greek word. It's mega. It's translated great or large. Now you've probably heard the word mega. Mega size our happy meal. Mega size our meal. It means large, great, exceeds a great proportion. So this stone was large. I brought all that up to point out that the millstone or the stone, like a millstone that he saw this angel pick up, was a pretty good-sized stone. It wasn't something that you could hold in your hand. This was a good-sized stone that he, that he throws. And the emphasis on its size and weight does have some noticeable traits. When it hits the water, obviously it'll make a big splash. And because of the stone's weight, density, and total lack of buoyancy, it will sink to the bottom, disappearing from one's view. This is the picture that's being painted of what's going to happen to Babylon. Look back in verse 21. So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will not be found any longer. Now remember, Babylon here is not talking about a specific city. It's talking about a system of politics, a system of economy system that is Contrary to the word of God, it's all man-centered. And that points us back to Genesis at the building of the Tower of Babel when we all got together, mankind got together and said, hey, let's all work together and we'll build a tower towards God. So it became man-centered. People refer to it as Babylonianism. You can describe it as we start worshiping the creation rather than the creator. So that's what he's talking about here. So the downfall of Babylon... It's sudden, it's violent, catastrophic, 
would cause tidal waves that would cause damage across the land when it hit the water. It's complete and total. Destruction of Babylon will be so absolute, so complete, that it will never rise again. And that is the primary emphasis. As the angel picks up this huge stone, it looks like a millstone, and throws it. The vinyl of that thing hitting and sinking is the same way in which Babylon will be destroyed. It reminds me back in Jeremiah chapter 51, verses 60 through 64, that read about the coming destruction back then in the Old Testament of ancient Babylon that was on the Euphrates River. It says, then Jeremiah said to Terariah, as soon as you come to Babylon, then see that you read all these words aloud and say, you, O Lord, have promised concerning this place to cut it off so that there will be nothing dwelling in it, whether man or beast, but it will be a perpetual desolation. And as soon as you finish reading this scroll, you will tie a stone to it and throw it into the middle of the Euphrates and say, just so, just so shall Babylon sink down and not rise again because of the calamity that I'm going to bring upon her, and they will become exhausted. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. So you see this happening back in the Old Testament in Jeremiah's day, this throwing of a stone symbolic of Babylon sinking down and never to rise again, and yet now we see it in the book of Revelation. Now the original readers of Revelation, that would come to their mind. One thing we've lost as, new te- as <clears throat> 21st century Americans that we have lost our knowledge of the Old Testament like they would have. So that would probably come to their mind. Oh, I remember Jeremiah doing that back when ancient Babylon was destroyed. So that's how violent it's going to be. In verses 22 through 23, the first part of verse 23, we see the extent and nature of Babylon's fall. Now the events that are listed that will no longer take place in Babylon, they underscore the total disruption of the social order. In other words, not only is the economy pushing the chaos, but all normalcy, everyday life, is overthrown with the fall of Babylon. Look back in verse 22. The sound of harpists and musicians and flute players and trumpeters will not be heard in you any longer. No more music. No more entertainers. People seeking escape with music. Now, I love music. Anybody here love music? I know two people didn't raise their hands back there because they majored in music. <laughs> love music, right? It can cheer you up, comfort you. And think about music, you can listen to a song and it will take you back to the point in time when you first heard that song. In fact, they use that for therapy. People who have uh, brain injuries to this day to help them recall and get them to start speaking. But imagine all the places, the lounges, the bars that people go to, all this stuff that music is provided is totally and utterly gone. No more. Hollywood, gone. No more movies. All entertainment, gone. But look, there's more. I'm sorry it sounded like an infomercial. I didn't mean to sound like that. No craftsmen of any craft or no workmen of any trade will be found in you any longer. 
the tools that they used to provide all the items of luxury that the people wanted now cease. They no longer exist. The wheels of industry and the pens which write the orders for merchandise will come to a halt. Stop completely. The sound of a mill will not be heard in you any longer. Millstones that gr- uh, grind grain to make flour will stop. The food supply, it's already in short supply at this point in time coming out of the tribulation, but now the food supply will disappear forever. Gone. The light of a lamp will not shine in you any longer. The light that shines in homes and businesses will go out permanently. Even the twinkling of a small lamp will never shine again. Total darkness will engulf it. Complete blackness. And the voice of the bridegroom and bride will not be heard from you or be heard in you. So the absolute destruction of Babylon does not only involve economic and social, but even the very basics of life. Weddings, celebrations, festivities, parties, all that gone. It's really hard to describe. I want you to try to get your mind wrapped around what this text is saying. Everything that we take for granted every single day is now gone. I mean, completely gone. If you turn your attention to the last part of verse 23 through 24, there is the reason or justification for the fall of Babylon. It says, For your merchants were the great men of the earth. Now that expression, great men, is the Greek word megaston. It means noble. The magnets of society, wealthy and influential people. These are the men that everybody looked up to. They were presented as the ultimate. They have the power in society. They control the destinies of men. They live in all the luxuries that the people supposedly wanted. All these luxuries that people thought would bring them happiness. People worship and long for wealth and luxury and thereby compromise their principles and priorities and play the harlot with the merchants of Babylon. I don't want to turn this political, but boy, oh boy, when I read that text, it sure makes me think of my own country. How many people have sold out their priorities and their principles just to make money? That's what happens here. Things of, like character, righteousness, and integrity do not mean anything at all. Look back in verse 23, it says, Because all the nations were deceived by your sorcery. The Greek word translated sorcery, or the NIV renders it magic spell, is pharmakia. Gives us our contemporary word of pharmacy. Now, witchcraft and sorcery would use substances, mind altering substances, to create the effects that were needed. This is talking about using any method whatsoever 
to poison the minds of the people and to deceive them. And to deceive them. In short, Babylon drugged the nations with her beauty and power. What do we see before us day in and day out? Beauty and power. If you just buy this, new and improved, all these wonderful things will happen. You see that time and time and time again. In fact, I'll, I'll give you some homework. When you watch commercials on TV, ask yourself one question. Can the product they're advertising really produce the results they're talking about? Now, to use a far-out illustration of that, it used to be a commercial of Dovement gum. You remember the commercial? Guy would take out Dovement and put a stick in his mouth, and out come girls in bikinis jumping out from the wall. I have chewed Dovement gum, and that's never happened to me. Just saying. But the world, time and time again, promises something that it can never deliver. People look for ways to escape the pain and the grind of life. That's why people get hooked on drugs and alcohol and all these other many things. Only to find out it doesn't take it away. In fact, in many cases, it makes it worse. Only God has the answer. And that's his son, Jesus Christ. And I know we're talking about Babylon and what it represents, but I want you to reflect upon where we live. And what do we see? And in verse 24, we read that in her, Babylon, was found the blood of prophets and of the saints or the holy ones and all who have been slain or killed on the earth. Now, this is the ultimate reason for the judgment of God on Babylon. This is telling me that killing people was a way to move, get people out of the way who opposed them. Are we headed that way now? Kill them. Hatred of God. And of his son Jesus Christ that led to the killing of the prophets and the saints. And that blood that was spilt. In fact, the, the saints and the prophets were the object of her wrath back in chapter 17. But now that blood has now become the reason why, or the large part of the reason why God is now judging Babylon. Because of the innocent blood she spilt. And that word... Slain can also be translated killed or slaughtered. But the idea I want you to really have in your mind is the fact it was used to wipe out people with opposing views. As a side note, we saw that back in the 40, well, World War II. Jews took the brunt of the concentration camps, but I hope you realize anyone who opposed Hitler were thrown in those camps and were slaughtered, mutilated. Anybody who dared to oppose the views of Hitler. Babylon represents not merely materialism out of control, but also the corruption of faith by the idolatry of materialism. Christianity can be described as relational. It's a 
about having a relationship with our Creator, our Redeemer God. About having relationships with each other, our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's all relational. But the purpose of it all is to maintain, it's established first, get right with God, have that relationship with God, and to maintain that relationship. And once that ceases to be the goal, injustice will reign and truth will be forfeited. When it all starts becoming about me, 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 then it ceases to lose any truth. Because it's truly all about God and having a relationship with Him. Babylon also represents business or commerce and religion in an in an unholy matrimony made further illegitimate by politics that's made in this union that claims to represent God but in reality they stand every, against everything that God stands for and can I just say by passing that this pulpit or the sacred reading desk as it was called back in England this is not the place to espouse one political views. This is the place to espouse and promote and proclaim the word of God and let it fall where it does. It doesn't take much rocket science to read the word of God and find out who you need to vote for. That's all I'm saying. It's not immune to God's judgment. Babylon deceived herself into believing that she was clever enough to escape it. But she wasn't. You know, it's kind of like people talking about, well, the world keeps going on and on and on, and you keep talking about this Jesus coming back, but killing and all this stuff still happens. Everything keeps happening and happening and nothing. Well, just because God has not acted yet, don't ever come to the conclusion that either he doesn't care or he's incapable to do so. He's very patient and long-suffering, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to eternal life. That's the reason why he has not ceased yet. Now, do you remember those two historical events we opened up with? You had the, the earthquake and you had the stock market crash. Now, granted, the earthquake happened within seconds, but it was relatively limited to the area, the, area, the San Francisco Bay Area, that was mostly affected. Stock market crash affected the whole country, but yet it still took about three years for the full effect to happen. The stock market kept going down and down and down. If you have a hurricane, you have time to seek shelter. Tornado the same way. But here with Babylon, all this happens. Everything we read about in chapter 18 all happens in one single hour. It says back in Revelation chapter 18, which we're in now, but look back at verse 19. For in one hour, she, Babylon, has been laid waste. And you see that repeated in chapter 18. In one single hour, in one single hour, all this happens. Because when it starts, it will not stop. And I'm reminded of the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. Remember the story of Noah? The earth had, hadn't had any rain yet. They didn't know what rain was. They had like a 
water vapor around the earth up to that time. So God is going to bring judgment, but he saves Noah and his family. It took quite some time for Noah to build that ark. Remember, a hundred and some odd years. And during that time, people were kind of laughing and mocking at him. What are you doing, Noah? Now, this is nowhere in scriptures. This is me just paraphrasing in, in, in my own way of understanding. What are you doing, Noah? I'm building this ark. Well, why are you doing that for? There's a flood. They ain't no water around for it. We come by a flood. And I wonder, even if his own sons, after about two or three years, thought, man, dad has lost it. He's been out in the sun way too long. What's going on? Why are we building this big thing anyway? And Noah does preach to them and tell them that judgment is coming. It says that in the scripture. Finally gets it done. God brings in the animals. And this huge door that Noah is incapable of shutting himself. The animals get on board. And if you read the dimensions of the ark, there were plenty of room for more people to be on that ark. But then the text says, God shut the door. Then the rain started to fall. Only that, the scripture says the, the ground opens up and the water starts coming up from the ground. And then the people start freaking out. They start pounding on that ark. Let us in! Let us in! And Noah says, I, I didn't shut it and I can't open it. Can you imagine hearing the terrors of people as they drowned? The whole time, Noah was warning them, but they did not listen. That's what Jesus is talking about. His second coming, the same thing will be happening in our day and age. Let's just get drunk and have a good time. We're only here for a short time anyway, but it feels good to do it. Is that the philosophy of our role today? Judgment is coming. So my first question to you, are you ready? And if you are, are you interceding for those who are not? Family members, neighbors, people you work with. Are you interceding on behalf of our country? for our president, for Congress, for all those people in leadership. Are we taking that before God? You know, I had a hard time with this this week. Because the whole time I'm thinking about this, I had this thought. All those material things that I get so wrapped in wanting to have, and give to my family. They really don't mean anything, do they? Because the only thing, please hear me, the only thing that lasts is your relationship to God and your relationship to each other. That's the only thing that lasts. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with having nice things. I'm not telling you that. But those things become idols, things that we worship. And we have a problem. It's amazing to me how so many people can put things above God. You know I'm guilty of it too, though. How about you? Where are you at? How's your walk with God? Are you ready? Because when it, when it happens, it's going to be this crinkling of an eye. 
all we see will be gone. This building will be gone. The airport will be gone. Everything will be completely and utterly gone. Because in chapter 19, we see the one who is called faithful return. Not speaking of Jesus. That's what we must focus on. That is what we must spend our energy on. That we must think about. We must pray about it every single day. We have the answer people are looking for. They keep chasing all these things, like a, putting a carrot in front of a donkey. You just can't get there. If I just get... If I, if I just have the right job, if I could just make much money, if I could just get the right car, if I could just move out of Texas, whatever that next thing is, we have a tendency to live our life like that. Just, just maintain. The world will keep you chasing on that wheel. There's only one person who has the answer. He will never fail you, leave you, or forsake you. And his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that you have told us what is coming in the near future. And Father, you have provided a way that we could escape this judgment. That we can have salvation. You provided it by sending your only son born of a virgin lived his life completely keeping all the law never committing a sin and then laying his life down willingly to purchase our salvation that truly is good news Father, we pray anybody within the sound of my voice is not sure this will be the day and the hour and they will give, your, give themselves to you. And for all the rest of us, may we prioritize our time, our talent, and our financial resources to building your kingdom. Your kingdom that will never fade or go away. And Father, I pray for those gathered here in this place that you would pull them close to your side and you would tell them how much you love them. That you don't want anybody to perish. Because anyone who believes in Christ will never perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. May your spirit continue to move in this place. And may we respond in obedience. Your will be done. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.